I think when you get that mental goal completed, it's very hard to continue. And 100 is a big one. A lot of people go on, on lap 15 like me last year. The thing is only just taken up running, I think, over the last year or so, he's really trained for this. You know, he got a coach for his running, a coach for his nutrition, um, and really got obsessed with this race. Because you're starting at the same point each lap, you're going to come across people all the time. When you do a marathon, you're off. Right? Yeah, correct. Even an ultra, like a point-to-point -point race, you see people and you pass them. That's about the only conversations you have. But with this race, we're starting at the same point every single time. Yeah. So you come across again, you can have another conversation, meet someone new and so forth. That's what's been so great about it. One of my real goals for this event was to see whether I was mentally or physically stronger. So if I tapped out on a lap because I couldn't be bothered anymore, it was getting hard, then obviously I was physically stronger, but I actually put myself to a point where I was physically broken. 100%. I've got unfinished business. Like I said, my goal was 24 hours, so plenty of time to prepare for that. So really looking forward to that. And I reckon being in Adelaide, we can get a pretty big crew mm, around agree. us. And what I mean by crew is other people competing. This week on the Fit Parent Playbook, we talk you through a running event which is like no other, the Hysterical Carnage Backyard Ultramarathon. Now, this isn't your typical race. It's a unique blend of challenge, camaraderie, and unforgettable moments. Join us as we look back at the characters and humorous highlights that make the event a standout. It's more than a run. It's a community celebration where friends and family unite to conquer the course together. Our aim is to inspire you as we reminisce. We hope to ignite a spark within you to set new goals and take on fresh challenges in the upcoming year. So whether you're a seasoned athlete or just dipping your toes in the world of fitness, get ready for a dose of inspiration and a few laughs. Sorry to interrupt the podcast. My name is Asha and I'm super proud of my dad and Jason for helping other parents be fit and healthy. You can help others too just by sharing this podcast, subscribing and liking the Instagram page. Please take five minutes to do this as it really helps the show. Now back to the podcast. Uh, Jason! Okay. How, How are, are you? you? I'm good, mate. How are you? Oh, I'm great, but definitely not as good as DK is, hey? Yeah, I'm going all right today, Jason. What have we got on the cards today? Well, mate, we're all about getting people up and about, moving, and a great way to do that and to start that is by entering an event, and we did one on the weekend, and uh, probably one of the best events I've been to, even though I didn't do what I wanted to do, but just fantastic is uh, the environment and having our families around, etc. Yeah, I agree, mate. I think that was one thing about this event, which we're going to talk about today. It was called the Hysterical Carnage Backyard Ultra Marathon. So before we start, Jace, why don't you tell us what actually happens in a backyard ultra marathon? Well, mate, uh, it is a last man standing race. So every hour on the hour, you need to complete 6.72 k's um, and we keep going until there's only one man standing so it could go on for 50 hours 30 hours 20 hours even 108 which so is it's a race that record. has no ending no ending so you can't go oh, i'm just going to do 100 kilometers you're going to go as far as you can that's the whole goal just to go one more okay so if you get back in say 30 minutes then you get 30 minutes rest and 100%. then you can go again on the next yeah lap. you just need to uh, i suppose finish that lap within an hour and start the lap as well so that's the uh 
thing with that race and the good thing about it is there's a mixture of i suppose finishes so you can do two laps 10 laps even 35 laps for some weirdos out there. You can. And uh, I think what I really loved about this event, Jace, is it was at the Loxton Caravan Park. So yeah. they've hired out the whole of the Loxton Caravan Park. So everyone that was staying there, where they were camping, if they were in the executive suite cabins or if they were in another cabin, they were... <laughs> the <laughs> or if you were in the dodgy penthouse, cabin. penthouse that DK was in while I was in the dodgy cabin. Thanks, mate. Yeah, but everyone at the Loxton Caravan Park was either involved in the event by running it or they were a family member or they were there to support and I think the whole vibe of the of the caravan park was just up and about yeah. waiting for this race wasn't it yeah it, it was, was very different like it, you said it was no one was just there at the caravan park by themselves it was all about this race so yeah awesome event yeah, we went to the pub the night before as well, Jace. Uh, yeah, which DK, was cool. you got a nice salad as usual. Chris had a couple of beers he did. the night before. Yeah, a couple of beers. There's a few people having a, a couple of beers the night before, which was which was pretty cool. And then uh, we woke up on Friday morning. We were all ready to race, weren't we, Jace? So yeah. first of all, tell us a little bit about the course. Well, first of all, it was a 10 a.m. start, so that was quite nice, having a bit of a sleep in for once, having yeah. breakfast, not rushed. Yes. But, yeah, the course was uh, quite challenging, especially for a backyard ultra. Most of them are flat, so you can get out as many laps as possible. This was basically the opposite. We started with some ridiculous stairs. How many stairs were there, DK? Someone counted 134 stairs yeah, to right. start each lap. So. It, was, uh, it was a little bit annoying, but it was also a good way not to uh, run off yeah, too well, fast. So it slowed you down. Yeah. And there was, what, 80-odd runners at the start, and uh, we met a few of the characters, uh, characters. which we're going to run through on this race recap. You want to tell us, first of all, Jace, about uh, Phil Gore... Phil Gore. Who is the world record holder? No, or Australian Aust record. Australian record holder now. The former uh, world record holder of 102 laps, which was just taken by Harvey. Oh, wow. Uh, what's his last name? Anyway, an American guy who just got 108 out. Yeah. Well, anyway, this guy has flown down yeah. from WA for the weekend just a volunteer yeah, at good. the event like how that sort of describes the atmosphere around these running running events and especially this backyard ultras mm. he was there putting up marquees he was ticking people off as they were coming through he was giving support i mean you know what he even did he even gave someone a headlamp oh what dickhead would forget <laughs> a headlamp and uh you should he, have seen his face when you asked for his headlamp he was like he looked around like um, should I? Yeah, there's and a good then... story about that. I'll get to it in a bit. But yeah, Poor it bastard. wasn't actually even his head to watch. But oh. but how good's that though? Like the Australian world, uh, Australian former world record holder yeah. flies down. Like you can't imagine yeah. Craig Lowndes flying down to a volunteer yeah. at the Adelaide probably, 500. Probably not. You? Might be a slight appearance fee there. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So first of all, I just thought that was an an awesome thing, and and that got everyone up and about. And on lap one. Jace, we met a pretty interesting character called did. Sam, didn't we? We did. We, uh, we, we met him last year, obviously. He runs the caravan park, but last year we were giving him a bit of crap about doing a lap, and then this year he's come through. He did. He come through, so I had a good chat with him. I decided to run my first lap with him. <laughs> nearly got <laughs> nearly got tapped out, nearly lost your place in the race yeah. trying to stay at his pace. Yeah, I, I did, but uh, it was really good. So Sam, for instance, has not ran since high school. Yeah. Right. This was his first run in over 12 years yeah. and he went out and, and ran a lap with us, which I think that just shows how good this event is. And it's for anyone from all 
fitness levels and go out, run a lap, and then he was a part of the atmosphere from then on. Mm. He was sponsored by Coronas, I think, by the end of... I think he was. He uh, might have had a few and... Uh, even into the second night, still on them. Yeah, exactly. But that, but that's what this uh, this sort of event brings, doesn't it, Jason? Then uh, there was another fella. Now I'm not entirely sure in his name, but I'm pretty sure it was Pete Stevens. And is this he, the hairy back? He was a bigger guy? fella. Yeah, yeah, he was a bigger fella. Yeah. And he was on the beers the night before, yeah. and setting up his marquee. Yeah. Rocks up. He's running a few laps, and I said to him mid lap, "How those beers sitting?" And he's like, beers? I was on the bourbons yeah. last night. I think he went all night. I thought he was just crewing someone, but no, he was in the race. What yeah. a legend. Yeah, and what a legend. Just on the beers and still running a few laps mm. and then ran his laps and then got back on the beers, mate. <laughs> Pretty much. I think he was there for the beers, not for the race. But but there was a lot of people there for the for the atmosphere as well. Oh, so. 100%. Another one there for the beers was uh, Mr. Chris Cooper, Old Hoops. Hoops, your mate that yeah, came yeah. along. He, yeah. uh, it's his first backyard ultra. He's done a couple of ultras being... Um, five peaks but he didn't want to break his routine so we went to the pub the night before and and i walk out and he's got a beer i'm like bloody hell he just can't help himself so yeah he had a couple of beers the night before as well and pumped out an easy six laps i think he had a little bit more he started whinging pretty early was getting a bit hot his little toe was hurting or something and i'm like oh no no. we're in trouble he's (laughs) gonna go soon and Sooner rather than later, I came back and Hoops was nowhere to be seen. He was in the showers, I think. In fairness, he did bring up a carton of beers and a couple of bottles of red wine. So, again, he was here to do his little bit and then uh, reward himself, which is what we're all about as well. So, yeah, well done to Hoops. And then the next one, Jase, this deserves a pretty special mention. Austin Botha, Mm. 13 years old. 13, yes. Guess how many laps a 13-year-old ran. Jace. Uh Well, I think it was 10 DK, 10 I, or 11. I think it was 10 or 11. It was, 10. Oh, it was 67. It must yeah. have been 10. Yeah. Right. 67 kilometres yeah. from a 13-year-old. It's insane. What a fantastic achievement mm. from Austin. He was running it with his dad, which we're going to get to a bit later, Johan Botha, who's a great friend of our show here. And, yeah, just so proud of that, that kid. Just really showed such mental resilience yeah. and it's something that he can always look back on it's later very, in life. It's very impressive. I think about – I've got a 13-year-old, soon to be 14 next week, and uh, I don't think he would be doing 10 laps. He might yeah. be doing 10 hours on Netflix or something, but not <laughs> – 10 hours on the running track yeah so that was an incredible effort from austin both and then the great jason wagner how'd you go mate uh well i got to 12 dk yeah. not where i wanted half of where i wanted to go so yeah a little bit disappointed had a couple of gut issues going on talk us through through the race jesse like you had a bit of a goal you wanted to try and get around between 20 and 24 was sort of yeah, the goal but I you had a so. bit of an injury going into it which interrupted your training yeah there was there was a couple of things so i had an achilles issue that which basically reduced my mileage before so i didn't go in with the right preparation in regards to distance and then during the race i just had gut issues for some reason i couldn't hold any food down after about five hours so i had about six hours of not getting any calories in other than you know basically a bit of tailwind so so when you say you couldn't keep any food down like were you trying to eat or yeah i tried to eat for a while and then i was i vomited a couple of times um and then after that the thought of putting anything in it was uh no it was either going to come out the back or the front yeah so i didn't i was hoping that will go away and then i think by the time i tried again i stomached some like potato chips 
yeah. and then it was all good. But I think the damage was done. I just had nothing in my legs. Yeah. So I tried that thirteenth uh, lap, and it took me about seven minutes to get up the stairs. <laughs> well, can we talk about what was happening at the bottom of the stairs? Well, I turned to Jason. I tried oh. to get him up and about, and he was shaking it like was he freezing, was in mate. the Antarctic. It was thirty degrees. I was pulling sweat, and you yeah. were shaking. It was a little bit weird. I don't know what was going on there. It so was very, very strange. That might have been the end of me as yeah. well. I was uh, thinking like. Ugh. I hope I I'll warm so. up when I get to the top of the stairs. That was the plan because it happened the previous lap, but it just really went mad that it, lap. Yeah, man. It was cold, man. It was, it, a- it was not cold at all at any stage, but yeah. it was still an amazing effort, Jace. I know that you are a little bit disappointed with it, but at the end of the day, to still pump out 88-odd kilometres yeah. is, is pretty incredible. And limited preparation, you've just got to be proud of, of what you did. So well done to you, mate. Thanks, mate. Next time. Next time, exactly right. And then when another one that was sitting with us with our little crew, his name was Jeremy. Oh, Jezza. 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 Very strong runner, Jace. He is, uh, I think he did the Sydney Marathon, 310 around that, which is very hilly. And also it was very hot in that day. So definitely got a sub three marathon in him. And I think that was the last minute decision. To enter? Yeah. Yeah. A couple of weeks before. Yeah, did, then, f- did 15 laps, yeah. 100 kilometres. Did 100 k's for his first one. Looked Amazing. so super strong. I thought mm. he was in it for the long haul and then came back on lap 16 and he's there smiling, showered up. And I'm <laughs> like, what happened to you? He's like, now nah, I'm done. I'm, yeah. I've had enough. So. I think when you get that mental goal completed, it's very hard to continue. And 100 is a big one. A lot of people go on, on lap 15 like me last year. Yep. Now, the next two I want to mention, now these ladies do not look like they're in their mid-40s at all. I was thinking they are in their mid-30s, but I reckon I heard them saying that they were in their mid-40s. Jennifer and Emma, yeah. these two girls just worked together and they just kept on pumping it out lap after lap. They did 25 right. laps, 100 miles, over 100 miles. 160 kilometres. Yeah, how yeah. inspiring is that, Jace? Oh, amazing. And you know what else? I don't know how they keep going with all the talking that they did. <laughs> Every lap, I'm like, how the hell are these women still talking? I thought their voice boxes were going to go before their legs, yeah. But obviously that was a distraction or something, but yeah, amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. great. And, and they and honestly, on course, Jace, they, they were bloody funny. Like you'd run up behind them and they'd just, you'd just hear this, who's that? And, oh, it's DK. Oh, no worries. You can keep running. Like, yeah, it was, it was awesome. So, very well done to Jennifer and Emma. That was just yeah, yeah. A, a, an amazing effort. Now, the next guy I want to talk to you about, and I think you can pretty much, we could do a whole episode on yeah. this fella, Jack. Big Jack Bamwell. Now, you knew Jack before the race? Yeah, yeah. He used to come to our gym uh, before he sort of got more into the FIFO sort of work. Um, same sort of thing. He's only just taken up running, I think. Over the last year or so, he's really trained for this. You know, he got a coach for his running, a coach for his nutrition, um, and really got obsessed with this race. Just on that, I think this is fantastic, and this is what I really loved about Jack's race, mm. is he set this as a goal probably nine to 12 months ago. Yeah. Got a nutritionist on board, like you said, uh, got a coach on board just to train for this one race. And, yeah, he got a little bit obsessed with it, but, like, Better be obsessed with this than going out on the piss every Friday, Saturday night as a, what, 24-year-old? Yeah, amazing. 100%. Fantastic. Like, I don't know what you were doing when you were 24, uh, DK, but I was not running 100 miles. I was probably on the piss every Friday, I Saturday was, night. Might have been up for two days, but yeah, correct. Not, 
from running. Exactly right. So, Jack, uh, let's say, what, lap 16, 17, he was cooked, wasn't he? Absolutely done. There was no way he was getting another lap out. Yeah, and I, I remember him, I don't know what lap it was, he did a faster one. Yeah. And he was running, I was like, what's wrong with the guy? And then he punched that, what's that beam that comes down, that gate that comes down, he punched it. And I'm like, okay, he's back or something. He was fired back up. Yeah. And then he was... And Good he, to and go he, again. He got 26 laps when he was done, absolutely yeah. done at 17, 18. So yeah. just an incredible effort. He made so many great, funny one-liners along the way as well, which we probably can't really repeat on here. Probably not. And I think that's what stands out about this race. You don't do a marathon and then have all these experiences with people. Like Because you're starting at the same point each lap, you're going to come across people all the time. When you do a marathon, you're off. Yeah, like even an ultra, like a point-to-point race, you see people and you pass them. That's about the only conversations you have. But with this race, we're starting at the same point every single time. Yeah. So you come across again, you can have another conversation, meet someone new and so forth. That's what's been so great about it. Yeah. And uh, from lap 26 onwards, things people started to fall pretty quickly. Oh, yeah, from 100%. So by about lap 30, I reckon there was a top, Top five, top five, uh, which I was fortunate enough to still be hanging in there. Yes, it was. I think it was myself, a guy called Pato, right. uh, Charlie, Johan, Botha, and Margie. Pato did ran a fantastic race. This yeah. guy just really solid. Uh, unfortunately, I think he got a PB at, at thirty, which is yeah. just a fantastic effort. And then, uh, then it was into the final four, Jace, and the final four, and DK. That, that's when things, you know, got. Got really fun. I was going a bit bit loopy, but yeah, massive mention to uh, Johan Botha here because yeah. he was, I've nicknamed him, the sensei of the run, Jace, because he was getting people and literally carrying them through laps. Yeah. So his plan was he got a bunch of us and he said, we've got to run together. We've got to work together. DK, come with me. We'll run the first seven minutes of each lap. Then we'll walk for three. Then we'll run for two. Uh, sorry, run for three, walk for two. Mm. Run for three, walk for two. And he said, get as many people around us as possible and we're going to work as a team. As many of the four of you? As many as the four <laughs> of us. Uh, but sorry, he started doing this from about oh, lap, right. lap, lap 12. And this yeah. is when Jack was struggling yeah. and this is when others were struggling. And Johan just said to me, DK, get them all and get them to run with us. Yeah, I remember you trying to get me to do it. And that's when I was shivering. I'm like, nah, just fucking leave yeah, me alone. Just, just leave me alone. That. And I was, I came running up to you. I'm like, Jace, the sensei tells me yeah. you have to run with us. I'm like, dude, piss off. I'm you lucky to, to survive. He, he said, get fucked, <laughs> just go and run. Oh. Um, but yeah, so he got, you know, Jack and Jeremy and a lot of these people that I've been uh, mentioning. He got us through this section exactly right through the night and you know for a sport that you would think would be pretty individual Mm. it it just wasn't that at all and you know me and Johan probably spent 15 16 laps together and we were just in cruise control we were just talking we were having a great time and yeah Charlie was just doing his own thing yeah just listening to podcasts behind and Margie who was the eventual winner sorry to kill the story but she was uh, well out in front she dropped back and, and just said to us at about lap 30, I'm really struggling. Do you, do you mind if I run with you guys for a bit? And, yeah, she came and ran with us. And it was just this really awesome atmosphere where the, the three of us were just cruising. 
and then Charlie would run run up to us and I just remember one time Charlie'd run straight up to us I'm like hey going Charlie and he just tipped his water bottle over my back because I was <laughs> eating up and he's like keep going boys this is awesome and then just turned like yeah. like cruised off just a fantastic atmosphere so. so good man and like tell us about Charlie oh, he pulled out right yeah he pulled out at 38 laps yeah. he has religious beliefs that yeah. he doesn't believe in competing on Sunday yeah um, so midnight Quite interesting isn't it midnight Saturday that. yeah midnight Saturday just pulled the pin but that guy had so much more to give as well so it would have been quite interesting to see what happened um, had he been able to stay in the event. Unfortunately, I did a bit of a glute or IT band um, at about 30, 32, 33 laps and I was really struggling had to get Jace to stick his elbow in my ass for a little bit and my crew, especially Pete, who was my uncle, uh, was still is my uncle actually. <laughs> <laughs> he was amazing, it, mate. I remember him. He was incredible. Yeah. I got back uh, once I was out. I was still hanging around a bit and then I turned around and he had his little face mask on trying to get like 20 yeah, minutes of sleep. Mate. Oh, mate, he was there for me the whole time, him yeah. and his wife, Steph. And, so good. Yeah, just supported me and and just said, just get out there and just run, mate. Yeah. Just stop thinking about your IT bands. Like I was really enjoying running with people and he said mate just just go and run which was just fantastic advice and I went out and, and spat out another couple of laps and then I came back in I said I'm done Jace I'm, I'm done Jace just looks at me and says you're not done mate yeah. go and do one more so I went and did one more and then I remember coming back saying I'm back I'm back yeah. it's gone it's disappeared I sat down got to the top of the stairs tried to run it and it was absolutely yeah. gone so um yeah that that was a bit unfortunate Charlie dropped out at 38 laps because of his religious beliefs. And then Johan got one more lap out and couldn't quite come back for the 40th. And, and Margie stormed home for the win. And to be honest, she was the strongest from the start of the day. Yeah. Everyone thought she was going to win from the start. And and she got there in the end. And, and it couldn't have happened to a nice person. Yeah. Her and her crew, Jen was her crew member, talking to her the next day. Just, yeah, fantastic. So, well done, and what an amazing atmosphere when we were coming through, even at 12 o'clock at yeah. night, crowds clapping, everyone drinking, having a good time. Yeah, amazing event, hey? So I, I want to run through like, I don't know, like I've done 12, I've done 15. What's it like to push past 24 hours? Like what's going through your head? Uh, well, I was when I was running with Johan, things were just so cruisy. Mm. Like we were just running, we were talking, and it, it honestly felt really really comfortable and because we just had that set structure of running for three minutes walking for two run for three walk for two and all of a sudden all you had to worry about was running for three minutes yeah. and and that's pretty easy and we weren't going at a super quick uh super quick pace we'd just run for three minutes and then then go for for a walk and yeah we just did that and it, it it's honestly he did say to me, because he's the sensei, he knows everything about this, it's going to happen quick, mate. Your body will just break down and you won't be able to make it back in time. And I'm like, nah, this is yeah. it's going to be fine. And then I remember when I first felt my glute, I just went, oh, I've just done my glute. And he just smiled at me. And I now know that smile was a 
your body's breaking down, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but he didn't tell me because I um, so. So was that like a bit of a distraction doing that three minutes on, two minutes off? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So where your mind off everything well, else? Yeah. So whereas if you're running a, a hundred and sixty kilometers straight, for instance, and you just have to keep on running. That's mentally hard because you just look at your watch and like, oh, I'm only up to 80 kilometers and you still know that you've got that ending. All I had to focus on was running for three minutes. And yeah, I think that was a great way to sort of get me through that first first time I've ever done 100 miles. So mm. yeah, it's a great way to do it. And, w- and what about the girls? Your girls rocked up on Saturday. Saturday? Yeah, so they, they came on the Friday oh, night, right. but uh, they got in off. late, so they went straight to bed. And, yeah, so they got up at sort of 7 o'clock in the morning, and, and that was just such a huge boost for me yeah. um, to see them. And Asher was giving me cuddles at the end of every lap. Ivy was giving me cuddles at the end of every lap. and Blue, they were blue pills, all those different pills. Not... not uh, <laughs> so funny. Not those blue pills. That's a, that's a good story in itself. So I, I don't know why. I had a blue yeah. tablet in my pocket. And I was struggling at about 32K and I took this blue tablet and I felt amazing. I had no idea what the blue tablet was. And I said to Asha, at the end of every lap, get me a blue tablet. And I, I thought they must have been an anti-inflammatory or something. Turns out it was a, a Telfast. Yeah, wow. <laughs> an antihistamine. You didn't sneeze once, did you? I did not sneeze once. And I've got a pretty big nose. So for me not to <laughs> sneeze once, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, so then... Yeah, from there. It was just so good to have the family there. My wife was there and, yeah, just awesome to have everyone talk, around Talk us. to us about uh, some of the food you ate. I remember the talk about an air fryer. Yeah. There was an air fryer on site, a toaster, a kettle, hash browns. Uh, it was all happening. It was I, I have a smorgasbord for you. I have not eaten that sort of food in years. Uh, and because uh, I was running with Johan, I was like, mate, what are you eating? And he goes, I'm eating hot dogs. And I'm like... <laughs> No, he's not. <laughs> he, was, he was legit knocking back hot dogs. And I was like, well, I don't eat meat, so I'm not going to eat hot dogs. And he's like, what about hash browns? I was like, okay, no worries. So, yeah, tried hash browns and that, and that worked because so, I was having some massive stomach issues. I was yeah. going to the toilet every hour on the hour for about 10 hours straight. So, really struggling. And, yeah, that just sort of when I started eating real food. So what, someone went to the supermarket? Yeah, Ree ran down the supermarket, Got grabbed some, a bag of hash browns. What, where's the air fryer come from? Uh, Pete had a <laughs> air fryer in his cabin. Right. And we had the toaster from from the cabin. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they just had it. They were just cooking up food for me. And so good. It was pretty cool. Like I'd come back and I felt like, you know, these people that we mentioned throughout it, like Jack, Jeremy and, and yourself, yeah. once you guys and Hoops, when, whilst you guys were out of the race, you were su- there to support me and I, f- I felt like I was doing it for you guys yeah. and I had a bit of a support crew around me. So it was, yeah, it was a reason just to keep on going. It's pretty funny uh, looking at everyone's food. I know um, Jack had some burritos. Burritos. Yeah. Jeremy was having sushi. Like, I'm like, Jeez, I, could, I look at that stuff and I just want to vomit when yeah. I'm running. I just can't stomach whole food. Well, how's the eventual winner, Margie? Guess uh, what she was eating? I don't know. What, KFC? Nothing. Nothing. She had... My strategy. She had one... <laughs> yeah, you're whinging about uh, not eating for five hours. She had one cup of noodles throughout the whole right. race. And what else? 
What about that was it? No, she cup, couple of tailwinds. Yeah, couple of tailwinds. Yeah, legit. She gave me. This is how nice this lady is. Her and her crew member Jen. She gave us yeah. uh, all her leftover food because they yeah. were flying back to WA. Yeah, we've got coconut water, spaghetti in our cupboard from it. Yeah, because she didn't drink yeah. or eat anything. That's bizarre. Johan's knocking back hot dogs, and um, yeah. I don't know what Charles was eating, um, but he was. He's a seasoned professional at this yeah. as well, and I think that's one thing that I really learned through doing this race is that. You have to be prepared and you have to go through what probably Johan, Margie and, and Charles have been through in the past and whether that be stomach issues or like train the nutrition yeah. so well and they and they know what works for them. Like Margie knows eating a lot of food doesn't work for her. Mm. I think I probably over ate food and that's probably why I had the stomach issues but now I know how many calories I burnt on a on that sort of a run I can then reverse engineer it and work out how many calories I should be taking on per hour. So is that is that what you'll do in the future to you know take it to the next level? Yeah, Just definitely. So I'd, I'd love to do another one, and and that's what I'll do is I'll, I'll now know exactly how many calories I should be taking on per hour and just take that on and um, make sure that it's probably more whole foods rather than you know gels and you know because I, I never have gels, I don't have processed food, and then to all of a sudden mm. start eating chips and toast and whatever coke coke ginger beer like my body's not used to that like of course it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna react in some way exactly right right. so i should have just stuck to fruits and 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 whatnot yeah and there are a lot of vegan vegetarian endurance runners that survive you know off fruits and so forth so it's definitely doable and like you said i think everyone's so individual there was so many different diets out there yeah burritos coke nothing how some of jack's calls though like coming back into the into the cabin get me a burrito yeah he was uh not needy but uh he knew what he wanted it was Didn't pretty he? funny and he was getting he had his crew members there cutting his toe cutting his toenails oh my gosh yeah. well changing his shoes changing his shock we he, actually need to make a massive shout out to the support crews yeah. uh claire supported you she did such a good job mate. yeah she did with a baby obviously with our little ivy there as well so it was pretty hard but ivy just slept yeah while i was running so that was pretty good and i remember jeremy's uh friend what's her name uh georgia yes georgia every lap had a running quote for him oh, ready to go so he would come that. back it would be obviously half of them would be funny but yeah. uh every time to uh try and motivate him so yeah, it was quite and amusing there, and there was there guys there with tents with all like mottos pinch um oh yeah a couple of quotes on couple the of quotes uh, yeah yeah, so every, everyone's different and um, I think the best thing is everyone was just trying to do the best they could and there was no, you know, yeah, everyone's competitive but there's no one like trying to, oh, I'm going to beat you or anything like that. It was trying to help each other as much as we can and I think that's what is so enjoyable. Yeah, and that's what events. I really loved about it as well. And also the kids in the caravan park, like they were just all playing, whether it was with a soccer ball, there was a massive dirt mound. My girls were playing on this dirt mound and they had the time of their lives and, you know, everyone, even after they'd finished running, they might go for a sleep for a little bit and then they'd go to the start line and they'd see what was going on and it was just Mm. an incredible atmosphere and, um, yeah, it's definitely, I think, a race, if you've never done a running race before, it doesn't matter what your ability is, I think that it's a great one to do yeah, because right. you could do two or three laps, one lap, mm. and then just still be a part of it for the rest of the day. Correct. I think I think if you can get out a 5K 
you know, in under whatever, 35, 40 minutes, you can definitely do two to three laps of this. Definitely, so it's, mate. A good, it's a good way to run the furthest you've ever ran before. What now? So, like, what what now, DK? Like, how do you feel after running, you know, 240 kilometres or whatever it was? That's a lot of Ks. What do you do now? Like, do you go, oh, I want more or do you change where your focus is? Uh, that's a really good question. I'm not too sure where I go from here. Like, normally I have events lined up but one of my real goals for this event was to see whether I was mentally or physically stronger so if I tapped out on a lap because I couldn't be bothered anymore it was getting hard then obviously I was physically stronger but I actually put myself to a point where I was physically broken and so I didn't book an event in because I wanted to make sure it's, I didn't know how broken pending I'd be after, yeah, pending the result right. of this. So I'm not too sure what um, I'm going to do next, but there is another event like this in May, again, organized by Ultra Series Adelaide, which we do need to make a massive mention to because they did such a fantastic job of organizing this event. In May, it's called No Time to Die, and it is the exact same format, but it's in the CBD. Yeah. So, so Victoria Park. Victoria Park. And again, you bring your own cabin. Uh, sorry, you bring your own tent. You can bring your cabin if you want. It's okay. I'll just bring my executive oh, cabin. You would bring your own cabin too. <laughs> I'll just build a cabin in Big Park. Get one oh. of those tiny homes, knock it up. So that that's coming up in May. I reckon I'm pretty keen to do that and, yeah. and have another crack. You'd be keen to do that as well. Oh, 100%. I've got unfinished business. Like I said, my goal was 24 hours. So plenty of time to prepare for that. So really looking forward to that and i reckon being in adelaide we can get a pretty big crew Mm, around us and what i mean by crew is other people competing yeah i know hoops is keen again um i know there'll be some people from the gym that will want to do it yeah so it's going to be pretty exciting and uh, a bigger and probably a better opportunity to run the furthest just because the course is going to be easier there's no stairs there's no sand yep just going to be an easier course to pump out even more case that'd keep the sensei johan both are happy because he said as many people as we can get around him to run his three minutes on and two minutes off oh no the happier he'll he's be. gonna patent that isn't he's, he he should oh. the both are techniques so yeah, both the technique yeah so but i also want to make a massive uh, shout out to my support crew uh pete and stephanie yeah, who they were, were amazing, there mate. they were incredible but you know, they weren't even going to come. Hmm. He flicked me a message a week before saying, well, when's your next marathon? I said, oh, I'm doing this race. Do you want to come up and have a look? And he said, yeah, no worries. And I said, oh, you might need to make me a cup of, cup of coffee or two. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Turns out he's up all night. He's your servant. Making, he was my servant. He was, he was my servant. mindset coach. Yeah, he did just, both of them did such an amazing job. So a huge thanks to them. My wife, Ray, for bringing the kids up. And my mum also that came up to help look after the kids so Ray could look after me. Yeah. Yeah, I was just really fortunate to have such a cool crew around me. And yeah, it just made for such an awesome awesome day and experience mate and the more people we can get let's get them on board in may so it is called no time to die get on the ultra series sa website have a look for it should we put it in the show notes jess i think we will mate it's a very rewarding experience no matter what you do whether it's three six nine twelve or 35 like the big dk did 240 kilometers bang bang beautiful well that is a pretty good race recap, I reckon, Jase. You got anything else to add from it, mate? No, nah, mate. I just want to say congratulations. Thank you. It's a huge achievement, I think, to just get over 30 laps is insane. Yeah. 
Um, so a big credit to yourself and the work ethic, I suppose, you put in because we don't always know what people put in behind the scenes, but a lot of work goes into uh, being able to achieve that in one day. It so does. Well done, mate. Thank you, and thank you for your support through it as well. Once you finished your race, you no uh, problems. You were helping me out, and again, I owe you a uh, what? Do I, what did I message you the other day? I owe you an elbow in the ass and a packet yeah. of Morton gels. Oh yeah, that were. Uh, I think you might have run out if you hadn't had them. <laughs> that would have been quite amusing. Well done, mate. Thank you. Thank you to everyone for listening, and we will see you all next week. Bye bye. Thanks again for listening, and I just wanted to say a huge thank you to Sean Kaysler from Ultra Series SA for an amazing event, and also to the race director, Michelle Hamlin, and the amazing volunteers that made the race possible. As we mentioned in previous episodes, we will be starting a run club in January 2024 with the goal of competing in the McLaren Vale Marathon and the next instalment of this race called No Time to Die in May. If you're interested in the run club, please jump onto Instagram, message us your email address so we can keep you up to date. And while you're online, make sure you like and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.